Hello, and welcome to the Simply and Fiercely show, a podcast for women who want to clear their clutter and create space for freedom and joy. If your life keeps getting bigger, but not better, keep listening to learn about decluttering from the inside out. It's about creating a life that's aligned with your values and priorities, so you can have more of what matters and less of what doesn't. I'm your host, Jennifer, and I'm so glad you're here. Let's get started. Hey everyone, it's Jennifer here, and welcome back to the Simply and Fiercely show. Today, I have some decluttering tips for you, but I'm doing something a little different. I'm putting a little twist on it, because what I have found is that when I am struggling with a problem, whether it's decluttering, whether it's work, whatever it is, it doesn't really matter. But whenever I'm struggling to get my head around something that's a bit tricky, often looking at examples or analogies from something unrelated to my problem is so enlightening. It's like, ah, okay, that makes so much sense. I was so in my head here, feeling so confused. But now that I've heard this sort of unrelated but related analogy, it's like something clicked. So that's what I want to do today. I want to talk about decluttering tips that are inspired by writers, but I don't think you need to be a writer to enjoy this episode. Now, a little background about myself. If you're new here, I have this podcast. This podcast is almost two years old, but I have been blogging for a lot longer. So you can find me at simplyfiercely.com. I've been writing there since 2015. Before that, I've actually had hobby blogs for years. I think the first one I ever started was around 2000 before blogging was even a term. It was like this website I had hacked, not hacked, like in the traditional sense, but I mean, hack in terms of put it together with very little knowledge of coding. And I used to just write about my life. Um, Very uninteresting, I'm sure, but it felt really fun to just share my thoughts at the time. And I also write fiction for fun. So it's nothing that you are ever going to see, I promise, but it's something that I just do for myself. So while I wouldn't call myself an expert writer, I have a lot of experience with writing. And I've noticed that there's sort of three things from the writing world that we can steal and use in decluttering. Okay. And so the first one is a phrase called kill your darlings. And I don't know who first said it. I think that currently it's been made really popular by Stephen King. And what the idea is that when you're writing, sometimes you will write a sentence or two that you are just in love with, right? Or it could be more. It could be like a paragraph or a few paragraphs. But you are like, the wording, it is so clever. It is so beautiful. Like you're patting yourself on the back going, I can't believe I came up with this like brilliant idea or this brilliant play on words, right? But then when you look at the big picture, when you look at the overall story, it's just not working, right? And I know that myself as a writer, I have sometimes spent, like, you know, you probably look at, if you have read my blog, you'll probably look at it and you see these blog posts and they seem really short and you think, well, they must not take very long to write. But especially in the early days, I could spend 12, 18 hours writing a 2000 word blog post because it would be some kind of idea, this like kernel of a thought that I really wanted to include, but it didn't really make sense. So the idea behind this concept of kill your darlings is that sometimes you have to get rid of something that you love, like your favorite part of the story, and you've got to get rid of it for the greater good, right? And so if we think about this 
with decluttering. I think this is brilliant because sometimes we have things that we really love, but they just don't work in our lives. And I've got an example. Um, I think like four or five years ago, Ikea did this collaboration with some artist and they did these beautiful platters, right? It looked like something, I don't know, I'm not very cultured, but it looked to me like something very high end. It was like stoneware with this blue glaze. And I made a special trip to Ikea to buy it. Like I'd seen it in an ad and just fallen in love with it and drove all the way down to Ikea, which is a bit of a drive from where I live, to buy this platter because I was so in love with it. But then I brought it home and I was like, what am I going to do with this platter, right? Um, If you have listened to previous episodes, I've talked about it before. I live in a very tiny house. It's about 660 square feet for me, my husband, and my two kids. So surface space, like places where you could just put a decorative platter and fill it up with fruit, for example, is very limited. So for years, I tried to use this platter for different reasons. I told myself, oh, hey, like maybe I'll serve a fancy dinner and put it in the platter. And I think I did that once. And I was like, what is the point? Why don't I just put the food onto plates, right? I am not a a huge entertainer. And then I tried to use the platter for my plants as like a drip tray. I put little plants in it. Anyway, I'm rambling. Um, But the point is, despite my very best efforts, I could not find any reason or any place to put this platter. So it was just living in a cupboard. And so finally, I had to admit that I had to quote unquote, kill this darling, right? I love it, but there is absolutely no reason for me to have it. So I gave it to one of my friends who actually uses it, which is really lovely. Um, But yeah, I was sad. I did really love that platter. I still do love it. But, you know, killing my darling was the right thing to do. Also, when we think about this concept of killing your darlings, when I think about it when I'm writing is that often it is just such a great way to get unblocked. So I think I started talking about that earlier. Like you've got something and it's just not working and you're rewriting it and you're rewriting it and you're trying to make it work and it's just not working and you want to pull your hair out. Sometimes deleting a little bit and taking it away and then you're like, oh, I did love that bit, but now that it's gone, everything just flows, right? And I think if we want to think of an example where that really resonates when it comes to decluttering, I think about my closet. Like you probably have some clothes that you love, right? They're just really beautiful. You never wear them, maybe because they're tricky, right? Maybe they're the kind of thing where I could wear that, but I'd have to buy like some special pants to go with it, or I don't quite have the shoe, right? So it's a little bit complicated. And so it kind of makes you feel stuck in your wardrobe, like you've got to buy some other things, and then maybe you do, and then you have a less cohesive wardrobe because now you've got these new pieces that don't go with your old pieces, right? And it just just becomes a bit of a cluttered mess. Whereas if you had just parted with that item that you loved but didn't really work with your existing wardrobe, it would just make everything so much easier, right? You'd get unstuck. Your style would flow. Everything would go together. You could move towards that capsule wardrobe concept or a personal uniform, right? So it's not easy as a writer or as someone who's decluttering. It's not fun to kill your darlings, but sometimes it is the smartest thing to do for the greater good, okay? So another great decluttering tip that comes from writing, and this is something I'm going to be honest with you, as a writer, I'm really bad at it, 
But the idea is that you are not supposed to edit as you go. You're supposed to write first and then come back and edit later. And apparently it's because we use different parts of our brain, right? So you could think about when you're writing, especially if you're writing creatively, you're like in a bit of a flow, your brain's thinking about the story, right? And then when you go back to edit your writing, now it's almost in more of a logical mode and it's going through and it's going, oh, well, that like, that's too many adjectives or, you know, that punctuation is the best, but you're, you're using a different kind of thought process. And I've noticed that this is very much uh, applies to our decluttering as well. So I want you to think about when you're decluttering, sometimes you're in a bit of a flow, right? You're kind of just like going thing, through things and it feels kind of easy. That's almost when you're in almost more of a cleaning mode, right? You're not really having to think too hard about this stuff. You're like, oh, look at this sock that has a big hole and no partner, right? You're like, why didn't I get rid of this earlier? Like, oh, here's some old receipts. Like, you're not overthinking of it. It's almost more like cleaning. And you can move through that stuff really quickly. I call that the low-hanging fruit of decluttering. And then you're going through that, and then you come across something that's like your high school yearbook or like a letter from your grandmother or something that is emotional and sentimental, and it holds you in your track, right? Your momentum is gone because now you're having to use a completely different kind of energy to declutter. Now you're having to do this like inner work where you're dealing with your thoughts and your feelings. And from experience, what would happen all the time when I was decluttering and that would happen is that it would be pretty much the end of my decluttering, right? It was always a disaster because, you know, when you first learn about decluttering, you take everything out of your drawers or everything out of your closets and dump them all through the floor or onto the floor, excuse me, and then you go through it. But then you hit that one kind of item that takes the wind out of your sails. And then you look around and you're like, oh, no, what have I done, right? Because I've got all this stuff to deal with. And the reason that happened is because you were doing the decluttering equivalent of editing while you write. So what I recommend that you do instead is that you do what I call a quick pass first. You go through all of your stuff or not all of your stuff. I'm not expecting you to do all of your house at once, but whatever area that you're decluttering, right? A drawer, a closet or something. You go through it all once in that kind of cleaning mode. So now you're just getting rid of the easy things. And if you hit any stuff that's challenging, that kind of isn't easy to get rid of, put that aside. So you just want to get all the way through the first time doing that easy, quick pass. Then you can go through later and work through the tough things one at a time. Just the way that when you're writing, you want to get your first draft down and then you can go through and do your editing. Okay. Now, the third tip that comes from writing that I think is really helpful when you are decluttering is to think about the way that writers write. Now, obviously, before anybody comes at me, there's always exceptions. People have different creative processes. But I would argue that a lot of writers have either an outline or at least have put some thought into the overarching plot of, you know, if they're writing fiction or to the message that they want to communicate if they're writing nonfiction, right? There is some kind of plan of, I'm writing something and this is kind of how it's going to go. Now, of course, plots evolve. You know, I see this all the time when I'm writing and I'm like, oh, I think I'm going to say X, Y, and Z. And then when I'm writing, I realize there's some other really good point or that I want to pivot a little bit. That's okay. But I at least start with some sort of plan. Of course, you know what I'm going to say, the same needs to happen with 
your decluttering. You need to have some kind of vision about the space you're going to create, right? So if you're like decluttering your closet, what do you want your wardrobe to be like? If you're decluttering your bedroom, like what kind of functional needs? How do you want to feel in your bedroom, right? And just like when you are writing, if you have some kind of vision, it's easier to get started. If you have ever tried to do any writing before and you're facing a blank screen or blank piece of paper, you might know how hard it is to take that first step. You're just like, it's almost like being a deer in a headlights. You're like, I don't know what to do. But once you get started, it just kind of flows out of you. And having that plot or that outline in mind makes that a lot easier. So same with your decluttering. Say, for example, your bedroom, right? How do you want to feel when you're in your bedroom? What is the purpose of your bedroom? I would say that for most people, it is a place to recharge, right? But that's not always completely true. I mean, depending on your lifestyle and the size of your home, maybe you have like a home office in there as well. But these are the questions you need to ask. Like, what is the function of my bedroom? And then from that, work backwards and think, okay, well, if my bedroom is going to be a place that's purely for relaxation, what don't I want in there? right? And then you can even think about like how you want it decorated, have like a mental picture of your bedroom, which is that equivalent of an outline or a plot. And what happens is that not only motivates you, it gives you clues as to what to keep, right? A plot tells or an outline tells the writer what to write. Your vision tells you what to get rid of. So if you're going to have like a really peaceful bedroom, you probably don't want your broken printer in there. You know what I mean? Like maybe you want to get rid of that or maybe you want to get rid of all the clothes you don't fit anymore because that makes you feel kind of crappy. And so you don't want that in your beautiful oasis of a bedroom, right? There's no one size fits all to this, but I really think that there is so much power about thinking about the end results that you want to get before you begin, just like with a writer. Okay? So Hopefully that perspective shift gives you a new way to look at your decluttering. These are some really simple tips, but I find that when you implement them, they can make your decluttering easier and more focused and more intentional. All right. So thanks so much for listening today. I hope you have a great day and I'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to the Simply and Fiercely show. If you want to learn more, you can download my free mindful decluttering guide and learn all the secrets that help me go from shopaholic to minimalist. All you need to do is visit simplyfiercely.com backslash free guide. That's all one word to get instant access. Until next time, thanks again 